This morning we're going to do our, our final part on the series of Dynasty Christians here that we've I've been talking about the last few weeks. And the idea of this, this lesson is that we've looked at different ways in which us as Christians here in Carmen and in Canada, with all the things that we have, all the resources that God's given us, how we can use all the things that we have to accomplish our goals as Christians and as the church. So we looked at the first lesson, we looked at putting God first. And we looked at the importance of in every decision that we make, that God is a part of those decisions. And that in every step of our life, if we think of our relationship with God and involve Him in the process, then our relationship with Him becomes stronger. And everything we do has Him as a part of it. Then we looked at being strong. And we talked about the armor of God and putting on this, this armor to protect ourselves from the sin that is in the world, from Satan's influence in the world, and how we can have this, this armor on us to protect us as we go out into and live in, live in a sinful world. Uh, we talked in there about how we have so much, you know, our, our body can be covered in this spiritual armor. But we also talked about, as, as Paul said in talking about the armor of God, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word. And we have that to defend ourselves, but also as an offensive weapon, that we have the Word to, to go out into the world and, and show it, and, see how, and show the world how powerful the Word is. Then a couple weeks ago, we talked about how we need to grow as Christians. And we looked at how... Uh, how Paul had talked to the church in Ephesus and was saying, you guys have been Christians now for a while and yet you still are acting like little, little children Christians. You should be more mature by now and you need to grow up. And so we talked about having to continue to grow as Christians as we live our lives. And that's, uh, you know, looking in and reading God's word and going to Bible studies and going to you know, being a part of conferences and seminars and all these things and looking online for all these things that we have now to help us grow in our lives as Christians. So today we're going to finish off this series by looking at how we can spread the gospel and how we can use all the things that we have to spread the gospel around the entire world. So when we think of the spreading the gospel... One of the first things that may come to your mind is the Great Commission. This is probably one of the most famous passages of Scripture for Christians. I think that it gives us a direct calling from Jesus. Now Jesus here in Matthew chapter 28 is speaking directly to the 11 apostles that are with him. And he's giving them a direct command. But I think that direct command also then applies to the church after and applies to us today. And so it wasn't intended only for the apostles to hear and the apostles go and spread the gospel and then it stops. It was intended to continue on. So Matthew chapter 28 verses 16 through 20 says, but the 11 disciples proceeded to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had designated. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus here is talking to his apostles, and he gives them this direct command to go and make disciples. And Jesus mentions to them a couple of things that he wants them to do as they go and, and spread the gospel. Shortly after this, Jesus was going to ascend to heaven. And so this is one of the last things that Jesus is speaking to his apostles about right before he leaves to go back to heaven. He wants to leave them with this, this great commission, that this is their charge now as they go forward. Without Jesus there with them, now this is their charge. For the rest of their lives, go and do this. So he says to make disciples. And we're going to key on that phrase for the next few minutes here. And this, this command, make disciples, encompasses everything else that follows that Jesus mentions after it. So we are to make disciples, then he talks about baptizing them. So he gave them this very specific task. When you go and make disciples, you do, you do two things here. One of them was you baptize them. This is seen when we look ahead into Acts chapter 2, when now the church is, is beginning and Peter is there giving a, a sermon to the people and telling them about Jesus, and the people hear it and believe it and are cut to the heart, and they ask Peter, what do we do now? And so Peter follows this guideline of that Jesus gave them here at the Great Commission. And in Acts 2.38, Peter says, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So they were to go and make disciples. And the first step as they went and made disciples and they spread the gospel and they taught them, they were to baptize them as well. So part of the command is, is to make disciples that involves by baptizing them and starting a new life for them in Christ, leaving their old life and now beginning anew. The second part of making a disciple, Jesus, is to teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. So being baptized is a moment in your life, but in a Christian life, now this is the continual part. This is the part that you do for the rest of your life now. You don't get baptized every week or over and over and over again. You're, you're baptized and you're, you're into the family of God and now you learn. And Jesus tells them to, to teach these people, teach everybody to observe all that I have commanded you. So learning and teaching is something that never ends. And these apostles did that for the rest of their lives. Now, there's, there's no shortage of things that we can learn from Jesus. Right? He taught his apostles a lot of things. We get to see in the Gospels a lot of Jesus' teaching. And so Jesus tells them uh, to teach everything that Jesus had said. Don't leave things out. Teach them everything that I, I told you. Now, not, you know, 
Some people, including maybe some of these apostles, maybe didn't think of themselves as great teachers. They thought, well, maybe I'm not, I'm not real great at giving a sermon as Peter maybe felt he, that, that he was gifted at doing. And so when we look at our, ourselves and we're called to learn and to teach as we spread the gospel, we may not think of ourselves as teachers. But Jesus didn't say only to the teachers teach. He told all the apostles to go and, and teach the people. And so when we look at ourselves, we may not see, we may not be comfortable in teaching in a public group with lots of people. Maybe you're more comfortable in teaching just one-on-one, -on -one, talking to somebody together or, or two-on-two -two in a small group. But in, that, in whichever way you're comfortable with, Jesus is, is pushing us here and pushing his apostles to teach in whichever way that we can. So regardless of the way we teach, we are called to do so. So the apostles were to go and make disciples. And by baptizing them and by teaching them. So then what is a disciple? What, how, do, how do they know if they've accomplished it? Well really a disciple is just someone who has received instruction and now follows Jesus in their daily lives. So no one can know the gospel unless they are presented with it. Just like it was then, it was the apostles, you know, uh, it was the apostles' job to go and spread the gospel as it is ours today. And so if, if somebody never hears about the gospel, they can't respond to the gospel and they can't obey the gospel. They need somebody to present it to them. And that may be just giving a Bible and so they can read it for themselves or talking directly to the person, or sending out a sermon for them to listen to, whatever it might be, there's lots of ways in which we can, we can spread that out. But they need to be able to hear it. They need to have the opportunity to hear the gospel so that they can obey it. So spreading the gospel. So how do we spread the gospel in now in this 21st century world? Jesus was sending out his apostles in a first century world that looked, you know, in some parts similar to ours, but in many parts, many ways, very different culture than we live in today. And so to help us look at this, we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 17. It says, to sum up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil, or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you are called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. For the one who desires life, to love and see good days, must keep his tongue from evil, and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it, for the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous. And his ears attend to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. Do not fear, and, and do not fear their intimidation, and do not be troubled. But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you, to give an account for the hope that is in you. Yet, 
with gentleness and reverence. And keep a good conscience so that in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better if God should will it so that you suffer for what is doing right rather than what for what is wrong. So Peter here gives us a bit of instruction of how to act with other people. He also tells us that we need to always be ready, as he says, to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you. So he makes that charge to the people here and to us that we need to make sure that we are always ready to make a defense for our faith. Make a defense for Jesus, make a defense for the gospel, that we need to be always ready. Now we may not always have the most eloquent of words to say, the, the best thing that we could come up with at the time, but we need to be able to prepare ourselves to give an answer if somebody asks, why are you a Christian? Why do you believe this? Was Jesus really that what the Bible says? Is the Bible really true? You don't want to be standing there going, I don't know, maybe. Read it and see it for yourself. Right? We need to be able to have an answer. So there are a few things that Peter talks about here that we need as we spread the gospel throughout the world. The one is that we need to be knowledgeable. We need to know what we're talking about. One of the worst things Christians can do is misrepresent the Bible. We may think we know what we're talking about, we may think we have the answers, but we're incorrect. And that may just be from, from ignorance and not enough study, or just willful disagreement with the Word. But we need to know the truth, so that we can go and teach it and share it. If we're spreading false information, then we're, we're not doing the work of God. We need to know the truth, and that takes study, and that takes uh, growing, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, to continue growing as Christians so that we know what the Word says, we know what we need to say in front of people. The second part that we need to do is that we need to be nice. And that seems kind of obvious, it seems kind of simple enough, but Peter spends a bit of time here Basically saying, be nice. And that's not always really hard to do. It's not, or not very easy to do sometimes. It's not easy to do with certain people sometimes. But we need to be nice when we go and spread the gospel. When we go out as Christians, no matter what we're doing, we are out in the world as Christians, as representatives of Christ. And when we don't act in an appropriate way, that reflects on God, and that reflects on Jesus, not just on us. So we, we need to be nice, you know, we, we, we tell our kids when they're little, even when they're bigger, to go and play, play nice. You know, don't grab the toys or don't hit the other kid, or go and play nice. And we expect our kids to go and play nice. Well, God tells us to go and be nice. 
And God expects us to be nice. I heard this story a little while back. There was this Christian that was talking to Gandhi up in, up in the mountains somewhere. And this Christian was talking to Gandhi about Christianity. And they went back and forth for a while. And then Gandhi said this about Christianity. He said, I like your Christ. I just don't like your Christians. And now that was Gandhi's perspective of Christians. And that's the experiences that he had lived. But people can look and read throughout the Bible what Jesus was like and all the things he did and how he acted and go, this is a really great guy. He did really great things. He was really nice to the people that he was around. And then they look at the people that are supposed to be emulating him and supposed to be like him and go, how come they're not? We as Christians need to be representing Christ in an appropriate way as we spread the gospel. So that people don't get that image of, yeah, I kind of like the Jesus in the Bible, but you don't seem to be all that similar. Okay, so as we spread the gospel, uh, we go back to, to the Great Commission. So here Peter talked about ways in which we need to act with each other. We need to be nice, we need to be knowledgeable, we need, we need to reflect Christ. And so now we go back to the Great Commission. And Jesus said to go. Right? He didn't tell his apostles to stay in your home and teach your hometown. And everybody hopefully there will know the, the, the gospel. And then, and then everybody in their hometowns will know. He told them to go. And at that time it wasn't always really easy to go from place to place to place. Now, in our modern age, we have access to the world. So, in our command to go and make disciples, we can go anywhere, normally, in a normal year. We can pretty much go anywhere we want, as Canadians, even. We can travel pretty much to any country in the world that we want. So, the world is open to us. It's available to us. But also, in our modern world, we can reach the world right from our own home, right from our phones, our computers, right from the devices that we have in our hands, we can reach the entire world. So before, it only involved, you had to, you more, normally you had to physically go. Now there was letters that were written, and we have that in the New Testament, where these apostles wrote letters to the churches around. But even then, we had, you know, as we've been going through First and Second and Third John, as we just finished last Wednesday night. In Second and Third John, John writes a short letter and gives a few instructions, but then tells the church, "I'm going to come your way because I have a lot more to say, but I want to speak to you face to face, not just in a letter. So I'll wait till I get there until I give you more instruction." We're now in our modern age. We can still write letters like that or emails, more the modern version of a letter. if we're not able to always physically go, right? So we're not limited to only just a little written letter now. We have videos we can take. Uh, we, we have direct communication with each other and different people around the world. So if you're not, in, you, you think to yourself, well, I can't go to different countries in the world. So how am I supposed to go and make disciples? 
Well, God's given us all these things to go and spread the gospel right in our own homes. So even if you can't physically go to different countries and different places in our own country, you can still spread the gospel. Now that doesn't diminish the real vital importance of also going physically to places. As we said there in John, as he was writing to the church, he said, I really want to go and see you. And for all the modern conveniences we have and all the technology that, we, that makes the world smaller, it's still great to go physically and see people and talk to them face to face and build those relationships. So God's blessed us with so many of these resources that we can use to spread the gospel in many different ways now. We are not limited to only a certain way to spread the gospel. The world is open to us. Now there's other ways, there's multiple ways in which we can spread the gospel. So we need to make sure that we, not, we don't limit ourselves and say, oh, I'll leave the going to the missionaries. Or I'll leave the going to the young people that have the energy to do it. Jesus there in the Great Commission told his apostles to go. And at the time, these apostles were maybe younger men. But as we see through the New Testament, as they, as they got older in their lives, they continued to go. And this command from Jesus to go and make disciples does not just stop when you get a little bit older when it gets a little more inconvenient. So we have so many opportunities now to go and spread the gospel. So as these dynasty Christians, as I've labeled our, ourselves, these Christians that we have so much, we have so many things that we can use to spread the gospel. We have access to the, basically the entire world if we want to go physically. We have access to the whole world digitally that we can see people in other countries and talk to them and, and message them and send sermons to them and lessons to them and songs to them and all the things that we want to do, we can even do from our own homes. So we have been given so much as Christians here and as the church here to fulfill this command, to go and do the Great Commission and spread the gospel to the whole world. Back in 2001, when I was, I went to Western for a year, and one of the trips we made, we went down to, uh, I think it was Fried Hartman University, and they had the World Mission Workshop there, which I think they did annually at the time. And for about a week or so, we were down there, and there was, all of these people from all over the world and these missionaries that were there speaking and talking about the different experiences they had around the world and looking for support around the world. And this is this huge auditorium full of different booths that were full of people that were doing this, that were going and spreading the gospel around the entire globe. And it was really encouraging to see that that these thousands of people 
wanted to speak to each other and speak to other people that were coming and saying, look at what we're doing here. Look at the impact that the gospel is having in different parts of the world. And that was really great to see. And nearly 20 years later, we still have so many of those opportunities for us. And even more now as, as technology and things have enhanced. That as Christians here, as we try to fulfill this great commission that Jesus gave to his apostles, we are called to spread the gospel, so let's remember to go. Thank you.